0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDIC. Hi guys, Dr. Z, it's Sunday, October 24th at about noon Pacific, high noon. Ooh, wow, wow, wow. I guess it's not, guns are not funny ever since the Alec Baldwin thing, man. That is, that is bad, um, but you know what's worse? The idea I have... To do a Men at Work parody. Men at Work was my favorite band in fourth grade. Not gonna lie, love the Australians. They're the best. And Men at Work was my favorite band. And my favorite song, and anyone who disagrees with this can come fight me. I'm wearing a coat, it's Suit Sunday. You can come fight me in a you can fight me in a, in a coat. It's still legal. But if you don't think Overkill is the best Men at Work song of all time we're gonna come to blows, all right? I wanted to do um, something to the effect of, uh, you know, like, I can't get to sleep. I worry about the implications of masking kids at three. And possibly the complications, especially at night. I worry over situations that I I know will be all right. It's just overkill. All of this is overkill, isn't it? Doesn't it feel like two years into pandemic, it's all overkill? I wanna do that song very badly, but I never will because I suck. Thanks for the stars, Andrea. We're taking comments. It's Sunday. Um, and there's Diana, hello from Australia. Hello there, Diana. I like minute work. Uh, I also like, it's a mistake. It's a mistake. You know that song about nuclear war or something? I'm not sure what it's about. All right, let's talk a little bit about COVID. A couple things I wanted to discuss. Yeah, boosters, mix and match. Just like, you know, foo, 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 foo. it's like you're at the strip club and just a bag of syringes instead of dollar bills. And you're just like making it rain. You know, you look like the dude from Hellraiser with just needles. I think boosters probably make sense for people at risk, uh, older people with immune aging, um, younger people with immune compromise or other conditions that put them at high risk. Exposure risk is meh, but this kind of booster discussion bleeds into what I wanted to mention about the difference between what's happening now in the United Kingdom and what's happening in, say, Portugal. And there've been a few pieces um, circulating around the last couple of days about this. So in the UK, they did really well Delta crashed out pretty quick. They got vaccinations started really fast and they targeted old people first, the most vulnerable, and therefore really lowered their death rate pretty quickly because those are the people at highest risk, right? 94% or something of fatalities are over the age of 55. So we know there's an age distribution in this thing. And so they did the right thing. And then they really kind of said, okay, well, masks kind of optional. Uh, social distancing, all that kind of meh, opened up pretty aggressively. And now they're seeing a a rise in cases and actually a rise in deaths and hospitalizations as well. And there's concern that as the winter comes, are things gonna heat up again? Now, what's causing this is not clear because like everything in this pandemic, we're kind of speculating because the data is a little bit sparse. And um, I'm trying to pull up your comments here. Let me see if they actually pull up. Why are they being such jerks? I hate Facebook so much, you guys. I really do. I really hate them. Um, they are I, I feel complicit in some kind of war crime just even being on this platform, but there's two and a half million people following here, so we have to do it until we can move everybody over to YouTube and locals. So um, we don't have the data really to say what's going on, but we have some speculation. So one of the speculations that's happening in the UK is well, could it be this new Delta plus variant, which is basically Delta plus another few mutations. And the thing is, there's not good evidence that this thing is more contagious, more fatal, whatever, than Delta, because Delta is the queen bee. I made it a chick. Delta is the queen bee of variants because it's so contagious. It's got such a high reproductive number. And only 6% of circulating cases currently in the UK appear to be Delta plus. Now that could shift and so on, but it's not really clear that it's a new variant. Um, Could it be that you're kind of reaching some of those younger people that aren't very well vaccinated? So vaccine penetrance in UK is not bad, but it's not perfect. It's actually still, there's a lot of holes in adolescents, secondary school kids, things like that. Now, how important are they in the transmission chain? Well, it's not fully clear, but the older you are, the more important you are in the transmission chain, right? We're not talking about three-year-olds. We're talking about um, kids that are in, you know, the, 16-year-old range, 12-year-old range, somewhere in that sort of vicinity. And, oh, thank you, Michelle, for the stars. That's a way of giving me a little creator's tip so I can blow it on, you know, hookers and blow, which is what I do. I don't, I pay all all the overhead, which is, you can tell how cheap I am. I'm like layered up, I won't even run the heat. I'm saving my supporters money. Um, So could it be that they just haven't vaccinated enough people? Well, that's possible. Could it be that there's waning immunity because they started the vaccine process early, and now we're seeing some of that waning immunity? Well, that would certainly explain a, a increase in cases. Because remember, it's not even really even the term "breakthrough" is not really fully the right term. The vaccine is not going to prevent all infections. It's going to reduce the risk of infection by five to tenfold, and that that reduction in infection may wane over time as your neutralizing antibodies drop, but your memory B and T cells mount a delayed response that isn't too delayed. So you're actually able to prevent severe disease hospitalization. Well, okay, so then why are we still seeing some degree of um, increase in hospitalizations and severe disease? So is that waning too? We don't know. Is, are these holes, like how many of these people are vaccinated, how many are unvaccinated? We need to see all that data to kind of get a full assessment. But what's interesting is we have a contrast point here. So looking at Portugal, So Portugal, tiny little place, right? Amazing port wine, love it. Apparently they speak the language they speak in Brazil, who knew? So Portugal um, had in the early part of the pandemic, early 2020, they had an original surge and then thank you Michael for the stars. And then they kind of chilled out a bit, but had a huge surge in November and January. Some of the highest per capita death rate around. So actually in that, you know, G- January 2021 surge, you're talking about we had a per capita death rate that was if 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 it was translated into per capita for the US, so the US at its peak was losing like, you know, 2 to 3,000 odd people a day. Um by if you translated Portugal's per capita rate to the US, we would have lost 9,500 people a day. So it was bad in Portugal and it's not clear why. Uh, what exactly is going on there. So there was a collective trauma, right? There were stories about 50 ambulances lining up in front of their hospitals and just really bad news. So it's hard to know what exactly happened. Probably there was behavior change. There were definitely mask mandates on public transport. So they're big football fans, and I don't mean this American BS football. I'm talking about real football, soccer people, like Ted Lasso football. So you know the stadiums were like you know they were mandated to have low capacity and and but they very quickly in that period early on because of this trauma started vaccinating and they had somebody who was leading the sort of messaging on that who was like I guess a submarine commander respected and there's general like um sort of alignment with vaccination in that in that population and culture so they got to some of the highest vaccination rates in the world, possibly in the known universe, in the 90 plus range, including in um, kids that qualified for the vaccine. So really, really, like almost 100% of people over 50 in Portugal are vaccinated. Like, imagine doing that in the US. You can't imagine it because it would never happen, right? There's too much variance in moral palate on Liberty versus oppression. So they, um, oh, I love that comment, Sandy Schilling, like z Dog most of the time and send some stars. That's my my girl. I don't want you to like me all the time. It means you're not thinking for yourself. You're not critical, because I'm wrong a lot, you know? And a lot of times I'm thinking out loud. So you guys are along for the ride, this alt middle ride where we try to find, you know, truth in everything, partial truth, and try to see what the shadow side is and reject it, right? So I'm glad you're with me on this. So about 100% in the 50 and up and 90 plus percent in the other uh, demographics. What are we seeing now? Really low rates of disease, opening up more, uh, stadiums uh, allowing more capacity, people still naturally social distancing and wearing masks and some mandates for that, but they also have a, not a vaccine passport, like they're talk about in the US, but they haven't done, an immunity passport or a COVID passport I forget what they call it. But the idea is if you can show that you've been recently infected in the last few months or have had the vaccine, which now most people have, you can do stuff, right? Otherwise it's limited. Well, whatever it is, whatever's going on there, it looks like it's working because their cases are low, their deaths are low. They turn the thing around. Now we'll see what, happens. Now we can contrast that again to what's happening in UK where things were opened up a lot more and they didn't have as much of that you know, collective trauma, although they did have a high you know, death rate early on, lots of cases. So I think it's interesting. I think what, if I was, again, speculating, which I'll do on suit Sunday, um, as to what's going on, I think in Portugal, it's a combination of a lot of natural infection that happened during the surge like a ton of it, along with ridiculously high vaccination rates and some mitigation measures. And you put them all together and you have this kind of Swiss cheese model where the holes no longer align because each slice covers the other. So any failure of one approach is then mitigated by the others. And it seems to be working quite well and I don't necessarily think they're unhappy. But again, culturally, it fits what they're doing. It fits historically what they went through with COVID. Um, The population was amenable to vaccines. Like, boy, would I love it if we could do that in the U.S., sure. In the U.S., it seems um, many people just wanna really, really, really think and think twice and think three times and think four times because they're exposed to so much misinformation about vaccine complications and side effects that they just just don't wanna get it. In Portugal, they just said, oh, I'm gonna get it. And let's think about this for a second. 100% of people over 50, in Portugal are vaccinated more or less. Well, we're not seeing people dropping dead everywhere of these purported complications and all the things that they talk about in the sort of misinformation community. Uh, so I, I I think that's very encouraging. A ton of the younger people are vaccinated, ninety plus percent. We're not seeing mass infertility and miscarriages and all the other misinformation that circulates. We're not seeing cancer rates jumping. We're not none of the stuff that that you know has been purported in the misinformation circles is is happening. So again, if I were just telling you, if you were my loved one, I'd say, just stop talking about it, go get vaccinated. And if you wanna wear a mask, great. Um, If you wanna distance, great. If you don't, great. But you modulate your own risk based on what you think is appropriate. But And and would I be opposed to an immunity sort of paper where it's like, well, okay, to get to a indoor restaurant or something, you need to show them evidence that you've been infected. So honor the natural immunity or you've been vaccinated. Otherwise, potentially you're gonna spread coronavirus around there among people who are vaccinated, but still again, breakthrough infections happen. You will lower the transmission chain by doing that and encourage people to get either vaccinated or naturally infected. They'll have COVID parties, probably not, right? Um, So that's what I think, I could be wrong. Um, So Debbie D's here, hey, what's up? Um, Kim says, worked in primary care uh, for 20 years. I wanna know how, people with allergies, COPD, asthma, smokers. I've had a rare cancer. So you all go first. I say, I say. oh man, these comments are scrolling so fast. It's gone. It's already gone. And I can't make this thing pop out. Let me try it again. If I pop it out, what happens? Give me a second, people. We're live after all. God, Facebook, you suck so much. Here we go. Okay, that's better. Um, all right. You know, so Uli James says vitamin D. Look, nothing wrong with, getting vitamin D the natural way through a little bit of sunlight exposure, getting outside. If you wanna take supplements, there's really not a lot of great direct data that that's gonna help you, right? If you have a deficiency, yeah, and a lot of people do. So there's nothing wrong with that. Although even then, like data on vitamin supplementation is very sketchy. Data on everything is sketchy. Let's talk about that. There's a great piece came out in the Atlantic. I know, fake news, right? but it was a very well done piece and it was really, oh wait, hold on, before I talk about the Atlantic, Jeannie uh, Jeannie, uh, Samuel says, great, now I have, it's a mistake in my head and it will stay there for days. I love Men at Work, right? Right? Tell us, Commander, what do you think? Cause we know that you love all that power. Is it on then, are we on the brink? I wish we'd all throw in the towel. Again applies to COVID, applies to draconian measures for COVID and government power grabbing. All right, nothing that men at work can't solve. Land down under, talking about Australia, lockdowns, COVID zero, come from a land down under, right? Right, am I right, people? Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Mm mm-hmm. All right, back to this. There's a piece from a a person who's involved in fact-checking Science. So they go through and they actually peer review the peer review. They go through the raw data. They try to see is this actually science or is there mistakes? Is there fraud? What's going on? And the person wrote articles about looking at the ivermectin data sets, going through the trials. So they picked, I think, I forgot what it was like 15 of the multiple trials that had been done. Uh, and they decided to go deep dive on them because those looked like the best, most compelling trials. And What they found was, no. (laughs) So when they actually looked at raw data, they were like, oh, well, this trial has actually got plagiarized stuff. The data set is copy pasted. It's internally inconsistent. It like makes no sense. And then this one and this one. And when they reach out to these journals, for comment, the journal's like, meh, because a lot of the journals these things are published in are journals that never would have gotten attention pre pandemic. Because post pandemic, everybody's looking at preprints. They're all looking at garbage science as if it's the science, which, by the way, there's no such thing as the science. And the idea is there's a replication crisis here, there's an honesty crisis here, because people are motivated to get their shit published. So this is just looking at ivermectin, it's a mess. Now, so you can't when you say, oh yeah, the data is so compelling, it's like, well, but what data? How can we even trust anything? Now this, you turn that same lens on the science. You look at a mask study, you look at molnupiravir, which is a pharmaceutical funded trial. Look at the vaccine trials if you want. You better go over them with a fine tooth comb and make sure this data is legit, right? Because we have a science crisis. We have a meaning crisis. Like how can we trust particular scientists who are motivated by publisher parish perish not to fudge data when you're not checking their data, right? Peer review doesn't do that. Peer review is kind of like, meh, this looks about right. Yeah, it seems to make sense. Oh, it's conveyed clearly. Oh yeah, this study design makes sense. You know, it's like that kind of thing. It's not like, let me see your primary data and confirm that you didn't just make up numbers. It's a big deal. Um, It is a big deal. Right. Alma, what about remdesivir? I'd love to see the primary data on remdesivir. And then, you know, you can go to doctors and go, well, what are you anecdotally seeing? And they'll say, oh, it's great. I give the drug, people get better. Well, replace that drug with a sugar pill. I gave the drug and people got better. Yeah, but it turns out it was a sugar pill. People just get better. This is what I I really, this is where I get on my soapbox, man. People don't understand just regression to the mean and the fact that, Tincture of time is the most effective medicine that we have when we don't know what we're doing in modern medicine, which is mostly true. So, and believe me because I'm complicit in this for, you know, 10 years as a hospitalist, it's like most of what we do is like if you really dig into the evidence you're like, eh! except vaccines, <laughs> certain antibiotics, you know? Certain public health measures of like sanitation and those kind of things, those work really good. Certain surgeries, even the, some surgeries, like you think, oh, let's take your appendix out. Makes sense, cut and dry. Yeah, except that in some cases you can treat with antibiotics for a prolonged period of time and they do just as well without the big scar and the potential complications of surgery. And let's go, oh, shoot. Spine surgery, oh, my back hurts. Let's cut open your spine. Mm. Till you do a, a study like what they did with knees where it's like, well, You could do a real arthroscopy or you could do a sham arthroscopy where you actually open up the knee, pretend you're doing the surgery, so they go through the same thing and they get just as better as when you dig out chum from the knee or whatever the study showed. Well, that tells you something. It tells you the mind-body connection is not a connection, it's a continuum. It's one thing. It tells you that we don't know what we're doing when it comes to uh, what works and what doesn't a lot of the time and we better get better at it. So whether it's ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, whether it's remdesivir, whether it's molnupiravir, whatever you're looking at, you better understand that. You know that doesn't mean you don't trust experts and all that, but it does mean that the experts better be questioning. Right? That's why I like my buddy Vinay Prasad. He takes a lot of heat. He questions everything deeply because he's seen what he calls medical reversals, where we think one thing works based on data that sucks, that's biased by money and other factors, and just poorly designed. And then we end up reversing because it turns out not to be true. And maybe it even caused harm. Stephanie says, wow, you're making things much worse. Honestly, sincerely, someone who cares for sick COVID patients, terrible. Who I am? How? How am I making things worse? No, seriously, I'm telling you, go get vaccinated, right? Like that's the number one thing you can do to prevent COVID. Like if you're worried about like, oh, remdesivir doesn't work. Well, hmm, what if it doesn't work that well? Are you really relying on it to save lives? Because the data shows that it doesn't necessarily do that. Right? Monoclonal antibodies helpful, right? These things, there are things that do seem to work. Dexamethasone, that was a good randomized control trial, pre-registered, defined endpoints. They They showed a benefit. It makes clinical sense, like, right? It's good stuff. Stephanie says, your interpretation of the literature. A, I'm entitled to interpret the literature, as is everybody, because most of the literature, again, if you were really to dig into it, you'd be like, wait, which, you know, again, and ivermectin literature is garbage to begin with, but, um, and you're seeing some of my bias here because I get so frustrated when I see these guys going on. It's a badge of tribal identity. I'm pro-ivermectin because I'm anti Mask or anti-vaccine or anti-lockdown, and look—it's fine to be anti—all those things. But what the hell does ivermectin have to do with that? You're just using it as another badge because you saw, you know, this guy who's anti-this saying it, and this guy likes it. Come on, guys! Like, we really have to see more clearly. Like, if the goal is authentically seeing clearly, we're none of us are doing it, myself included. Sometimes, right? I I definitely more than sometimes. I'm definitely biased. Um, So whatever, Stephanie, Um, Nicole. So what about the third booster? I heard the CDC say they may change their recommendations as to what fully vaccinated means. So how far will this go? Um, I find that prospect so depressing that they would change it and say, okay, now you're not fully vaccinated unless you get a booster or a third dose or however they wanna lay. Remember, the difference between a booster and a third dose. Just to recap our discussion with Paul Offit, who by the way was very skeptical about boosters for, young people at no risk. Um, and he's on the FDA advisory committee. So a third shot means you need three doses to develop memory B and T cell immunity to prevent severe disease. A booster says that extra dose tops off your antibodies, your neutralizing antibodies. So you are better at preventing infection as the antibodies weigh in. Those are different goals. Do we really wanna prevent infection? Well, it would reduce transmission. Or do we care mostly about severe disease? If we care mostly about severe disease, why would you mandate a booster? You wouldn't mandate it. You'd say, hey, if you don't wanna be infected, if you are at high risk so that you might actually have a breakthrough severe disease, go get a booster. Otherwise, everybody else you're good with too. This thing's going, oh, that reminds me, Portugal. This thing's gonna be endemic. And Portugal may be a, um, a sort of, presaging of what an endemic looks like. They still have infections, but people aren't dying. So this is a key thing I I forgot to mention in the Portugal piece. There's still infections, but they aren't dying because everybody's vaccinated or has been naturally infected or, or actually both. Actually both. Look at this, look at Portugal. Huge wage, huge surge prior to vaccination. Then they got vaccinated really quick. 90 plus percent of the population vaccinated. So now they have a combo of natural immunity and vaccination. They're super immune. They can still get breakthrough infection, but they're not gonna die. That's where we need to be. How How is this so hard? Why is it so hard? It's just overkill. It's so easy. Get as many people vaccinated as you can, right? The high-risk people can get the boosters. Make your messaging clear. Just do it and move on. This is not... Rocket science, it really, it really isn't it because rocket science actually, the proof is in the pudding. The rocket goes into space or it explodes. In healthcare, we never know because even the doctors are all biased. They're like, well, I think it worked. Well, that didn't work. Well, that kind of worked. And we're all kind of flying by the seat of our pants because humans are complex. Rockets are complex, but they're way simpler than humans. Gravity is easy, 9.8 meters per second, acceleration, whatever it is, that's plottable. Relativity, piece of cake. Quantum mechanics, it's a joke. Any biological system, oh. And then you throw consciousness in that mix and the effect that that has on the whole vibrating waveform that is a human. (laughs) Forget about it. We just do the best we can, you know? I worry over situations that I I know will be all right. Um, People want it to go away like smallpox. Gordon Bodson, Yeah. It's not going to, it's not that kind of virus. Smallpox had to enter the bloodstream to cause the massive disease that it caused and to really spread, creating the vesicles. This is a respiratory virus. It doesn't have to do that. So you can have all the antibodies you want, you can still get infected. The thing can still replicate in your airways. You just won't get very sick. That's the best we can do. Let's embrace that. Tina, thank you for the 200 stars. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Where are we at? Thank you for continuing those updates. Okay, thank you, Deneen. Um, <laughs> do I have a nice voice, June? I don't think so, but thank you for being nice to me. I'm like one of those uh, kids who thinks there's a, they're a star because their parents keep telling them they can sing. And then they actually go on America's Got Talent and it's like, I can sleep. All right, about situations. And, and everyone's like, no one told this kid that they can't sing. That's me. Um, except I tell myself I can't sing every day. Guillaume, thank you for the stars. Holly Perry, could the treatment replace the vaccine? My granddaughter is um, going on the Unios list by Christmas. I will not be allowed to visit the person after uh, their release with the vaccine. Is it worth asking the transplant team? Holly, talk to your transplant team. Vaccines don't work that great with with transplant patients because of the immunosuppressants. Treatments are important, but just don't consider ivermectin a treatment until you get better data, right? Um, But again, monoclonals, uh, hopefully molnupiravir. People will say, well, you're in pharma's pocket because you're promoting molnupiravir, but not ivermectin. Well, molnupiravir, at least so far, has randomized control data that seems pretty clean, but does need to be inspected further because- That's what's gonna need to happen for FDA EUA. Um, Amanda, can't wait uh, to what you and VP have to say on kids' vaccines and school mandates, Uh, Amanda. uh, Mandating five to 11-year-old kids get a vaccine. Honestly, is it such a crime if I said, I'd love to see more data on safety in kids and benefit in kids that would warrant mandates in kids? Is that criminal of me to say? I would love to see that. You're giving it to healthy kids that are at low risk for the disease. Yeah, they can get sick. We've talked, we've talked, we've beaten this thing into a pulp. I would love to see the data that says that the vaccine is really gonna put a dent in our pandemic and save a lot of kids' lives over any downside of say myocarditis, you know, et cetera, et cetera. All right, all right. Shauna, you're so nice and you sent me some stars. Would it be okay or advised to get a booster from a different maker you got originally? Seems to be, Claudio. FDA seems to think it's okay to mix and match. I see no good reason not to. And in fact, there may be some data, again, um, maybe a little prelim, that mixing may actually be a little bit better. And I'm not sure exactly why, but maybe it's just different aspects of the immune system you're jazzing up, but uh, it could work. Let's see, I had the J and J. Should I take the Pfizer or Moderna booster? Penny, either of them is fine. Moderna is a half dose booster uh, than its usual shot. Pfizer is the same dose as the original, I believe. So it just depends on what you want. The Moderna shot at the full dose causes a lot of oh, symptoms. Um, Pfizer may be less so. So it just depends on kind of what you're into. Marie King, the five to 11 study had only 2000 kids, including the placebo. I'm pro vaccine, but I'm waiting on more data before I vaccinate my five-year-old. Bingo, that's how I feel about it. It's like 2,300 people, half of them are in placebo, and we don't have all the data back. Like we haven't seen the raw data yet. It was just like press release from Pfizer. So we need to know that, right? Still concerned about getting my son vaxxed. He's 11, says Linda. You know, Linda, you can always, you know, when the kid's going to turn 12 at some point and then it's going to be qualified, you can always just do a single dose, right? Um, It won't satisfy any of these dumb mandates, but uh, it's much less risk of myocarditis if you're worried about that. Um, But again, you know, I mean, my daughter's vaccinated my 10 year old. When it becomes approved, when I look at the data, then I'll make my decision for her. 35-year-old fully vaccinated with Moderna, work as a social worker at the county serving the underserved, booster or not? I mean, you're exposed, Lynn, technically, but you're 35 and otherwise healthy, and you got Moderna, which doesn't seem to wane as fast as Pfizer. I, I, I wouldn't be rushing myself to get a booster, but you wouldn't be wrong to get a booster. There's no wrong answer for you, in my opinion, based on the data that I've seen so far. Now, I could, data could change or something could change in the pandemic that might, Um, modulate my statement on that. But right now that's how I feel. Um, Like me, I haven't gotten a booster yet. I'm team Moderna. I mean, it's out there. I I haven't done it yet. I just don't, you know, I'm not seeing patients every day. My wife does, well, my wife's a radiologist, so she's at the hospital every day. She got her Pfizer booster, but I don't see a rush to get a booster. And in fact, if anything, I would almost want to wait until, if I were were a, a betting man, what I would do is I'd wait and see if there's another surge of coronavirus and try to time my booster right as that surge is picking up. Because then what would happen is, and again, I'm not saying you should do this, but this is what I might do. Then what would happen is I'll start de- developing neutralizing antibody boost right as the surge is coming online and I'd feel better wandering around like an a-hole. Um, so some somewhat of it is timing. Like if I get a booster now, and then my, you know, again, we know that the neutralizing antibodies wane and we're really getting the thing to bump our neutralizing antibodies. If winter isn't gonna have a big bump, but we can't tell, right? Then, you know, why why get it now? But again, your mileage may vary. Your risk calculation is different than mine. That's the thing. Can we treat people a little bit like adults? Let them make their risk decisions with good, honest, authentic data that comes from a place of transparency? Oh, heaven forbid, right? It's a mistake, you know? Tell us, Commander, what do you think? Cause we know that you love all that power. I'm telling you, it ain't right. Karen, 200 stars. Thank you, darling. Um, oh, that's what I want to talk about. Flu. Z Dog MD got his flu shot a week or two ago. I walked into Target. I didn't have an appointment. I was like, "Yo, Target, Z Dog MD needs a flu shot." I didn't say that. I was like, "Hi, do you, are you doing flu shots? Do you have an appointment?" No, ma'am, I don't. But I really want to do my part for the non-herd immunity that is flu. And uh, she said, you know what? We'll squeeze you in. Got me in, bam, got my shot, painless. Pharmacists give the best vaccines. Uh, no offense to the nurses. Nurses can be mean about it. But yeah, the vaccines are just, like, the, the pharmacist is like, "Pop pow. And I was done. And I got a $5 gift card. So I went and bought hookers and blow at Target. They sell them. It's a six pack, you gotta buy a six pack. Um, and so I got my flu shot. Now, what's the deal with flu this year? Now, by the way, there's some data that actually implies that getting a flu shot actually can have a crossover effect by triggering your innate immune system, not the adaptive immune system that's very specific, the innate broader immune system with interferons and that kind of thing. uh it may actually protect you a little bit against COVID too, because they did, studies on uh, healthcare workers who got flu vaccination and those who didn't and found th- those who didn't were like X times more likely to get COVID. Now it may be that that population is the kind of population that's like, I don't need no flu shot cause I'm healthy. I'm gonna go out without a mask and go to a bar and they get COVID. So there's a lot of confounders in trials like that. You see how the science, the science is nothing like the, it's just science. We're just trying to figure shit out. So, um. Maybe it does that, maybe it doesn't, but what about flu? So, okay, I don't always agree with Michael Osterholm, um, but when I do, I agree strongly with Michael Osterholm. So Michael Osterholm recently on one of his podcasts, and this was pointed out by a supporter sent this to me, said, hey, all these people out there talking about how flu went away because we're masking up and distancing and closing schools and all of that. He's like, you have no idea why flu went away because there are countries and places that did not do those things and flu went away. Something else is going on and we don't, we, if we say that we know what it is, we're lying to ourselves, right? And you know, could it, I did a piece on viral interference where, you know, it, and Osterholm mentioned this idea that s- respiratory viruses often exclude one another. You know, like the way RSV, RSV was very strange. Like RSV came back in the summer in places that never had restrictions. Like it's very mysterious. Something happens in the dynamics of the immune host virus connection when a new pathogen shows up and sweeps through. Something else is suppressed in the other pathogens. And so flu was, has been suppressed. Yeah, maybe the travel and some masking, but come on. I don't think that's it, you know? I think it's, and I've said this repeatedly, I think it's a lot of things, but it may be this other, poorly understood phenomenon that Osterholm was pointing at. Paul Welch says, in all caps, you speak dangerous words, right? These are dangerous words that could it be something other than masking that prevented flu? And again, I like masks. I wear them. I, I have no problem with masks for grown-ups. for little baby kids. I don't know. I'd like to see data. Um, Susan Barkdall says, will you be my doctor? If you want to die, Susan. <laughs> I'm a hospital physician. You don't want to see me Uh, on a normal day, because I'll be like, I don't know what to do with you, you're healthy. I'll just assume you're dying and do some crazy tests on you because that's my training, right? It's hospital medicine. Um, I actually, I'm a less is more hospitalist. I try to avoid doing things to people. Sherry Loveless um, says, question, is it it possible that excessive allergies to most things help me fight? Bad stuff too, I'm fully vaccinated. God, these comments roll so fast. I have to keep scrolling up to keep the comments stable so I can read it. Uh, it seems in the 40 years, my allergies have kept me healthy. Is this logical? Um, I don't know the answer to that, Sherry. I mean, you could speculate and say, well, you have a hyperactive immune response already at baseline, which probably increases your mucosal reactivity that might keep you safe from super infection. But I don't know. I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, that's something that we'd have to talk to a, a good immunologist on oh susan i wish i was on fire today cuz it would keep me warm it's we're going through some bomb cyclone here in uh, the bay area northern california so apparently like the lowest measured barometric pressure in the pacific since like whenever and i'm like so how does this manifest some rain Pfft, come on it's like when the weather channel tries to use clickbait they're just like CNN and Fox. It's like, here's the crazy headline that's gonna get you to click. And then you read it and you're like, so we're gonna get a couple inches of rain? Who cares? Um, of course, these are famous last words. Now my house is gonna be flooded or f- go down the hill in a landslide. And yes, I live on the hill. Don't judge. Um, Dangule Mark, thanks for the 500 stars. Um, Let's see. Oh, we're talking about Jesus now. It always gets to Jesus, doesn't it? My husband and I both got Moderna boosters two days ago. Jessica, how did you guys feel? Like, did you get symptoms from the Moderna booster? Let us know. It's a half dose. Is it normal to have painful lymph nodes after the booster, Esther Flores? Yes, it can be. So um, somebody I know that's a friend had after their second dose of Pfizer, I think, had such swollen lymph nodes from all the immune response because that's what happens. The, The spike proteins presented, the immune cells and memory cells gather in those lymph node centers, those like germinal centers. Couldn't put his arms down because he had pit nodes. Like it was that, or that arm, it was so swollen. Uh, so it's, it's that. Um, yeah, Jaden is in Northern Cali as well. It's storming real heavy. It sure is. But even that man, we need the rain desperately. It's been like drought central over here. Like the driest year, like second driest year on record. Uh, and we live on a hill with a bunch of vegetation. We're like, when is this gonna burn? This officially ends our fire season, I think, thank God. Um, so Scotland has kept masks, England hasn't. Our rate is going down, theirs is going up, Heidi. Yeah, so the mask thing, I I think it helps. I think it's one layer in a Swiss cheese thing. I think it actually puts us in a mindset of be, keeping a little more distance, you know? I think surgical masks are vastly better than cloth masks, but I do think it's one thing that does help. But again, who knows, right? The, the data is, it's difficult to study outside of a cluster randomized trial, which I believe was this ba- Bangladeshi trial that said, hey, yeah, they seem to work if they're surgical masks, right? Question, says Don, no, says Kelly. What's your recommendation for 12 year old boy that has not hit puberty yet? I'm hesitant to give him an adult dose. My recommendation is talk to your pediatrician, seriously. I don't wanna advise on your 12-year-old, your specific 12-year-old. Talk to your pediatrician. Your pediatrician is equipped to discuss this. Um, Let's see, second Pfizer got nothing, says Cindy. That's good. Um, Should I be freaked out that I didn't uh, really have much of a reaction to my two Moderna vaccines other than being a little tired, Monica Park? No, you shouldn't. You're probably fine. Um, Because again, there's really not been studies showing a correlation between your reactogenicity to the vaccine and your actual B and T cell memory cell response and your antibody level. So I don't think it really matters. Thank you, Jeanette, for the stars. All right, um, let me see here. Oh, here we go. Uh, Three months pregnant, received two. Oh man, there's so much autocorrect problems in that one. I can't read it. I have a COVID COVID antibody count of 4.08. Does that mean I'm good? It says Ray Doza, who sent some stars. I have no idea. Nobody knows. I don't know what the reference range is. All these tests are different. It's so hard to tell. At least you have some antibodies, but you definitely have probably memory and memory cells just because you have the you have the antibodies. So you were clearly vaccinated and or exposed. Um, we just don't know. We just don't know, um, just yet. Right? We'll know soon, hopefully. Chelsea hit me with some stars. So did Heather. Um, Let's see, I don't know the question about the Churg Strauss, Sharon, sorry. Moderna Booster, husband had a few more side effects from Moderna Booster than I did, but his two-shot series was longer uh, ago than mine. Yeah, so it kind of depends, you know, kind of depends. All right, I gotta go pick up my kid. She's at a uh, orchestra rehearsal on a rainy Sunday. Who does that? I guess orchestra does that. I had to drop her off there. Like there's an outdoor tent where you can drop the child off to, you know, cause COVID. We go there, the tent is shredded and there's just sharp metal poles (laughs) poking out at this high school. And my daughter didn't bring an umbrella because she's like, they said there'd be a tent. And then now she's like standing in the rain with her, you know, thousand dollar violin. It's great. It's just great. First world problems times 12. All right, guys, I love you so much. Okay, I just want to end with this little admonition imploring Employment. Um, We have generated so much panic, fear, fatigue, mental health trauma with this whole pandemic, and in the end, it's all—it's we're going to get through it. Yes, it's been bad. Yes, there'll still be some badness, but it will be okay. We will get through it. It will become endemic. We will go back to whatever horrible normal we were at before hopefully a better normal, but we really need to spend some time looking inward at our own mental state and really feeling into how this thing has affected us and really just having some equanimity and saying, you know what, shit happens, it's okay. We really have very little control over anything and that's liberating. So yes, listen to me, don't listen to me, go with the flow of life, Really, sometimes it's important to just surrender to the vibrant reality that is right in front of you. And if you do that even for like a minute a day, your life will be a lot better, your mental health will be better, and you'll be nicer to other people. It hasn't worked for me, I'm still a dick. But hey, a boy can dream. All right, guys, I love you. Share the video, I'll upload this to YouTube and all the usual platforms, and we are out. Now I gotta figure out how to end this, let's see.